Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. All right, everyone, welcome to the SEO Rockstars. It is 4.04 and you are found on 4.11.2017 if you're listening live. This is Chris Boggs, founder of Web Traffic Advisors and uh, I guess about three or four year rock star now. And I'm joined with my fellow rock star and awesome uh, curator of fine stories, Mr. Frank Watson. Greetings, <laughs> good sir. How are we doing, my friend? Doing well. It's warm here in yes, New York, finally. and the snow hath melted, and um, you know, to gardens being worked on, things of that nature. So that's one of the good things about being, you know, a uh, SEO, a consultant, a paid search guy. You know, we all uh, and gal, we all get to, you know, those of us that are independent, uh, at least get to, you know, do yard work uh, when we're not busy uh, crunching keywords. So, Frank, did you have a good week? Yeah, it's been a little chaotic, but uh, definitely uh, having some fun and enjoying the weather. I'm actually wearing shorts today. It was a great feeling to be able to put on shorts, and it was an even better feeling that they still fit after the winter. <laughs> so leading off with a giant step backwards, perhaps, <laughs> Google now lets you submit URLs for indexing straight from search. Uh, something came up a few uh, days ago, um, and actually this article is dated one day ago, so that was 4.10 at thenextweb.com. There was a number of good sources on this topic. Uh, this is the one that our fine curator picked uh, it has a good little uh, recap on it. Frank, uh, what is Google letting us do now, right, within search? Well, I mean, you can submit a, your pages through the SERPs, which is kind of bizarre. You know, you can, you can actually search for something and, uh, you know, your particular area, and you can submit your page. So it's right there. On the search is, results, is this Google? To, I mean, I saying that to... is it saying that its algorithm can't crawl everything, and you know, or is it kind of abdicating to those business owners and 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 various uh, maybe blog owners and so forth that over the years uh, scream that they can't find their uh, blog and they need a place to index it, and maybe or maybe the third option is that Google's trying to avoid. Uh, scammers from charging people, you know, $199 to submit their URL to Google. Yeah, there's that. And I think they're most probably uh, getting rid of the uh, dedicated URL submission uh, area and just put it up there. So they, you know, one less thing that they have to deal with. Yeah. So to me, that's just kind of a giant step backwards. Um, but anyway, uh, it's something in case you just have tried everything and you can't get a URL index, you might as well go type into the search box, submit URL to Google if you're not using Search Console, and give it a shot. Uh, the next one is actually from the blog at Google, blog.google, uh, their products blog, one of many blogs. Fact check now available in Google Search and Search and News Around the World. Uh, so this was posted April, 27th, uh, April 7, 2017. 
And um, it's pretty cool, Frank. There's a, a number of sources, apparently, that are being sourced for this little additional feature that gets added in underneath news stories. Fact check. Yeah, and, and the thing about this is it's not like uh, they're out, outsourcing globally the fact checking. It's it, There's a limited number of people that are being approved for you know being that. But you also, it reiterates the use of schema. They have uh, the, the article's really good, and um, there's a schema.org uh, claim review where you can mark up specific pages uh, where where facts can be you know publicly found. So it's it's sort of like the uh, the way that you've got to reference sources for Wikipedia. You know, it's I think they're using some sort of you know insights that came from that, but um, you've got to have. Google News Publisher for, you know, and they've got criteria for fact checking, which is not a bad one to look at if you're looking to produce uh, published information and you want to know how the uh, fact checking is done and what the schema yeah. is around it for you to reference your sources and things. It may, you know, I have, again, it's another one that's relatively new, so I haven't had a chance to play with it. But I think, you know, it, moving forward, it may help a lot of people to uh, to get their stuff viewed and, and uh, you know, into Google News as well. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. You know, I mean, there's a couple little lines of thought that I had on this. One is that, you know, in these examples shown in the blog, you see PolitiFact and Snopes. Uh, to me, those become possible targets for Google acquisition. Uh, but of course, maybe the fact that they're independent maybe helps them too. Uh, but, you know, on the other side of it is, uh, you know, the schema side of it, which uh, I, I think is really important. And, um, it opens up an opportunity almost for a little bit of a cottage industry for SEOs where you could find specific niches that haven't been sort of claimed. Like the one that popped into my head was what if you were, and, and you know, this is more likely that an ESPN perhaps uh, could get something like this, would be a sports score fact check, right? Or a statistics fact check from a game. Um, you know, stuff like that could end up. Um, although I don't think that there are typically uh, statistics corrections, but those come straight from, you know, corrections that get made at the game that they're not typically done, you know, in the transit somehow. But, uh, you know, that's just one random example. There's a lot of stuff out there that could come up in the news or um, on uh, how to type of results that it might be worth, um, you know, considering this fact check um, addition to yeah. the uh, it's definitely worth the read just to you know have an idea and you know depending on what it is that you're optimizing for the web if it's around published content the you know and the, and the other thing is at least a year maybe two where google had us a pattern for ranking uh content based on facts the number of facts in it they have you know bill swalski did a really good uh piece on it and you know, that may be ultimately a tie in here where they may move away from links for certain types of content and do it based on facts and facts that have been checked. Yep. So. There's a lot of great ops there. Yeah.
So check it out, and uh, maybe you'll be that SEO that figures out the best way to uh, make some money off that idea, too. Um, so the next topic is actually also about Google, uh, and this time it's on the work side of Google. Um, it's an interesting domain here, Frank, that you've curated, realadvisor.in, and I was starting to look in it to see if there looked like to be any links that were bought in there. You know, I was like, this yeah. looks like a... Uh, an interesting domain to find this article, but it's a cool article, um, as if we didn't already know how cool it was to work at Google uh, through what we've heard. But Frank, yeah, I mean this. It you know it, it. I think part of it is just you know it goes through the the new work style of startups, and Google pretty much you know has been leading the way, and a lot of other people have copied what they've done because they've been around a little longer than, say, Facebook or uh, any of the other startups that came up after them. But um, the really interesting, you know, it's like they've, they've gone away from some of the stuff that used to really make them attractive. They're not doing that 20% um, just go off and, and create. They've, they've cut that back in, in certain areas I, I read of. Um, yeah. You know, and, and here they've got, you know, the, the unfair compensation thing. one, I think, is yeah. interesting and it'll lead into our next topic. But, um, you know, saying that it's a, it's on a counterintuitive strategy to pay unfairly, two people in the same role can be paid drastically different amounts. Uh, in Google, we have situations where two people doing the same work and have 100 times difference in their impact and in their rewards. In fact, Many cases where people at more "quote unquote" junior levels make far more than average performers at more senior levels. Uh, it, it's a natural result of having greater impact and a compensation system that re recognizes that impact. So, uh, you got to put your money where your mouth is, uh, or once you got your money, you got to put your mouth where your money is. I guess, right? Exactly. And I mean, hey, some of the perks, you know, we, we're well aware of. You know, the free food and drinks, and you know, they have. Uh, the doctors and dentists that come on the, you know, at least their uh, Mountain View facility. And I'm sure some of that's also done in places like New York and other big cities where they've got major uh, numbers of employees. And uh, their their paternity, maternity, that sort of leave is, is pretty decent, you know, definitely at the forefront of that sort of thing. So, I mean, all of those benefits, and it's interesting towards the end of this, they include, you know, uh, on-site health benefits, which includes breast cancer screening. And yet the other article that we're about to discuss is uh, from The Guardian, where apparently it may be the best place to work, but the, the caveat may be if you're a man, because the right. uh, Department of Labor is now looking into uh, Google for uh, gender pay discrimination. Yeah, so that yeah, that that's exactly how I was going to tie the two together, Frank. <laughs> you know, the the uh, quote that that I read, uh, you know, purposefully about the idea that uh, uh, can have a hundred times difference in their impact, and when you put that against this other article that you curated, I mean, was uh, you know uh, this guy uh, Block who wrote in his book Work Rules. Uh, that he and Google's leadership spent years determining how to keep the retention rate of top talent as high as possible. Uh, you put it together with this article from uh, theguardian.com, Frank, uh, from um, Friday, 7th of April, Google accused of extreme gender pay discrimination by you. As if that .in article comes up in, in, in the uh, legal proceedings, possibly. 
You know, I mean, um, it's it's unfortunate, and but in in a way, it, it's it almost you know makes sense, right? Um, I, I think it's a very unfortunate position that um, women sometimes are in our industry, uh, or apparently a lot, uh, in that um, it's harder for them to get the same pay. Now, I've never been in a situation where I had to you know weigh the pay of. Uh, a particular individual uh, versus another one uh, based on, uh, you know, their sex. Uh, it was always based on on rate at the agencies that I worked at. Um, but I, you know, would expect that uh, the, the rates at mine and above that I potentially didn't know about uh, that, you know, potentially I could have been making more that, than someone in, in the same uh, position uh, that was a female. Yeah. And it, I mean large fan of this is about you know google not giving their uh that you know employment data to uh, the department of labor they, you know, so i mean while there are claims and i suppose the department of labor could uh pull from the you know the irs it's like okay give us all the tax returns of people from google and have a look at what the pay is and, and the tax returns and what sex the person is so, I mean, there are ways for the government to check some of this out, but they're asking the labor department's asking for Google to actually hand up a bunch of uh, information and some of it they've given them, but they're holding back some of them because the Google attorneys are saying it's a fishing expedition, uh, you know, and it's got nothing to do with compliance reviews or anything like that. So, I mean, it, it was just a very interesting article that I saw both of them, you know, that, hey, it's a great place to work. And, and at the same time, I saw the one where they're going like, you know, women are paid the same amount. So it's obviously really cool to work at Google if you're a guy and uh, maybe cool, but not quite as cool if you're a woman. Yeah. And there is an interesting uh, um, tweet cited in that Guardian article uh, that Google, um, it was on Equal Pay Day. Um, which which just occurred recently on the fourth of April, and um, they had a you know they said that they're proud to share that they've closed the gender gap globally and provide equal play across races in the U.S. according to their annual compensation analysis. Um, so there's some interesting chat going on in reply to that tweet. You should check out as well. And um, now we are going to go to break and. We'll be right back with you, so stay with us on SEO Rockstars. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. 
Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. Thank you to our awesome sponsors on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. Uh, we're going to get right back into some good topics now. Um, so this one was actually um, a bit of a surprise and a bit not of a surprise. It seems like uh, there's a lot of ability nowadays to be able to publish in, in a number of locations online that you know maybe previously were somewhere where you'd never expect to be published, right? And so it turns out uh, that the reason is that the chances are that there's pages and areas in these websites that pretty much don't see the light of day except for the people that you tell about your article that's published there. So excellent article over from Stefan Spencer, a longtime uh, expert in our industry, uh, someone who, uh, you know, invented some uh, a pretty genius way to handle e-commerce uh, pages back in the day by creating separate pages uh, that uh, existed outside of uh, the typical e-commerce path. So uh, uh, certainly a groundbreaker in the SEO industry. And he's, he's published this great uh, uh, book. Uh, no, well, a number of books, actually, a couple books. But he's got this article over on Search Engine Land uh, from April 5th saying, Contributor, beware of page rank hoarding publishers. So Huffington Post is one of the examples, Frank. What what exactly is going on here? Yeah, you know, unless you you make make it through to being like a a featured article, a lot of the content uh, Huffington Post tags as no index. So you know, between that and the fact that uh, most of the outbound links are uh, no follow, you literally, like you were saying earlier, it, the only people that see this are the ones that are sharing it. You know, the, you, you've got to share it yourself to get any traction to it, which, you know, or else it'll be in, in, in a box on the side and if you, it's a secondary click. So there are a lot of these, you know, I mean, if you're going to create and part of the you know, the process for link building these days is to to get content out on other websites that have links, at least if it's a bio link to your website or or if you're citing uh, statistics or uh, infographic that you may have on your site, um, you know, there's all that sort of thing. So, you know, you really need to look 
at where you intend to put your publication. You may think, oh, the Huffington Post, they'll get hundreds of thousands of visitors. That only happens if you happen to become a featured article. And right. uh, so you, you really should spend a little time picking and choosing where you actually uh, to put it and, and have a look at how the publications work. I, I know that um, Forbes and uh, Entrepreneur and places like that yeah, you know, it's hit and miss on what gets linked and what gets no followed. So, yep. uh, so keep keep that in mind, and especially since that is, you know, a, a new, newer, I guess, kind of an SEO realm offering um, is to get people, you know, to get them published, whether it's under a, you know, a ghostwriter basically writing for them, and 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 maybe an executive of a particular company. Uh, I think it's a good idea, actually, in its root. Um, I think that the article spot on because it says don't fall for these big names for nothing right now. I'd much rather get published in a blog that only has a thousand readers if those thousand readers are exactly in my audience, right? My target audience. So, yeah. um, and, and that's going to be what's going to get my buzz and generate my name in my industry, which is what I really want. Uh, if I'm trying to think of this, you know, for SEO at the macro level, one link here and there. Yeah, that's great. And if you can do a ask enough article that you can get elevated as a feature, then you're going to get a lot of value from it, no doubt. Uh, but that itself is, is uh, hit or miss, like you said, Frank. Uh, moving on to the next topic, we're going to cover uh, Google says re it has reduced fake Google Maps listings by 70% since 2015. So, um, you know, there used to be, uh, there's actually a pretty cool chart in here in, in showing month in which abusive listings were created. And it looks like the peak was right uh, in the second and third quarter of 2015, where uh, for some reason, uh, a bunch of fake listings were created. So uh, it's something that they went after. And uh, Frank, apparently they've uh, done a good job of uh, taking them down. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they've made the verification process a lot harder. You know, the uh, <clears throat> they're verifying that you know, the information is somewhat accurate or it's it's listed somewhere else. You know, again, right. it's that fact checking part of it. But it, you know, it's always been that push where if you've got if you're doing business in you know, say Manhattan, and you want to be able to say that, uh, you know, for Hell's Kitchen or the Upper East Side or, or uh, Wall Street area, you know, to, to be able to get listed in the maps for different types of services, people were constantly find. you know, there were the days where you'd, you know, go to the mailboxes, etc. but then they, you know, found out about those. Um, you know, people nowadays use employees' addresses if, if they want to, you know, reach out to different neighborhoods. So, uh a lot of that is just Google created the environment because they limit right. the, the the mapping. So yep. if you want, if you if you have a larger area of where you service, you know you're as close to someone who's ten miles away, you know, as someone that's you know lives in that neighborhood because he could be working ten miles away from where he lives. So I mean, it's yeah. it's tough. These advanced verification tactics, I think, are very interesting, and there's actually a link to uh, that additional Search Engine Land article from back in October 5th of 2016, uh, also from Barry Schwartz at Search Engine Land, where Google was testing a spam prevention technique for local result called advanced verification. Uh, it basically, they're using a third party uh, to uh, figure out 
um, um, it's called Pinkerton, a security risk management company that verifies employees and companies before you do transactions with them. So a good area would be, for example, uh, locksmiths, right? If you're going to hire a locksmith, you want to make sure that these people have background checks and they're legit. Otherwise, who knows if they're watching your house for the first time you go out of town, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And and that's the locksmith thing is a great example. The same thing with the flower industry. You know, back in 2015, when it became a little easier to bulk upload into, you know, and even a couple of years prior, uh, bulk upload into the Google Maps and they had the whole Google Map Maker, etc. People, I know that there are a couple of companies in the Middle East in, in Israel that uh, pretty much own large numbers of listings for flowers and also for locksmiths. All right. Well, listen, moving on to the next one, I'm going to ask you a Jeopardy question. All right. Um, okay. What is the number one uh, two word term that makes me hurl these days that's related to SEO? Rank brain? <laughs> Influencer content. <laughs> uh, really? Anyway, this next article from MediaPost.com, influencer content outperforms brand created. So um, there's a study uh, in the National Advertiser, the Association of National Advertisers, um, the value of influencer content. And I shouldn't make fun you know, of studies like this uh, by any means, but uh, the point is that um, I just have, I think that that term's gone a little jump the shark on us. Uh, but you know, in general, I think that this uh, article is, is actually fascinating. And um, you know, it gives you some great reasons as to why it's worth taking the time to establish relationships um, you know, in your social media and, and your outreach uh, within your industry um, and, and, and find influencers, Frank. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I agree with you somewhat that the use of the actual word influencer as opposed to maybe industry authority. You know, it, it yeah. everyone's jumped on that term influencer and, and you know, I, I always think of it in terms of industry authorities, you know, that will write something, you know, like if Danny Sullivan writes you know, that type of thing. Uh, there are other people that have the appearance of being influencers because they've got, you know, the average company's looking and go, oh, look at this guy. He's got, you know, 50,000 Facebook followers or a million Facebook followers or, you know, Twitter followers, etc. And, you know, this guy must be an influencer when we both know that you can buy those, you know, followings and then, you know, just exactly. Up I just yeah, wrote down really a note so I wouldn't forget it. I mean, the difference between, you know, being able to, even if you generate, you know, um, 5,000, 10,000 followers, um, you know, which I, I've been fortunate to generate over 5,000 real followers, right? And and I guess the, that's why I get these emails, you know, targeting me as an influencer sometime. But they're coming out of nowhere and, and uh, really anything tech-related, right? So um, instead... You know, I think that there should be an algorithm invented or there are some tools out there probably. Uh, and it's kind of along the lines of the authorship theme, right, yeah. or, or concept, Author right? Is that if you can find number of articles indexed with the subject of a particular industry and your, your name, that person, the more that that co-citation exists, that more of an influencer that person is in my book from an SEO perspective, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, they, they have in this article reasons to choose to work with influencers for content creation. And the two biggest are authenticity and a trusted voice. So that goes back to, you know, industry leader, thought leader, as opposed to, and you, I guess because of that, you do influence uh, people within your industry. And then it's the relevance to your audience. You know, you obviously, you want to get someone who is a uh, industry authority to uh, write stuff about what you're doing or, you know, your, a review of your products or, you know, just best practices within the industry. So you're providing information that, you know, gets uh, other people to link to it. Yeah, you guys I mean, there's a number of reasons for using, you know, there's, the... Uh, it's a great list, and I think each of them merits being discussed on most. But we, you know, just my last point on it before we go to break is, is uh, I think that the one, there's a couple that are really low on the on the spectrum of percentage of people that chose to use them as reasons to work with influencers for content creation, and one was to identify market insights. By all means, if I'm going to identify that influencer and they're in our industry, I'm hoping. That through writing, they're going to, um, you know, give me some insights, right, from in my market. So I'm surprised that's low, but also generate reviews. And you just hit it a second ago, right? And and you know, reviews are um, are really, you know, we know, right? And 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 how important they are, and whether they're at scale and through a review platform or individual unique reviews, those have the ability to rank too, right? So um, we certainly see Google liking a lot of those, um, you know, single post reviews on stuff. So, um, you know, avoid ad blockers, I think belongs pretty low on the list, but all the rest of those are, are pretty good reasons to choose to work with influencers. So uh, whether or not you call them influencers and that makes you a little sick. Uh, anyway, on that one, we're going to hear from uh, our wonderful sponsors here on Cranberry Radio. Stay with us here on SEO Rockstars. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your facebook contest and sweepstakes create a fun easy to win contest by writing a simple facebook post watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction track your traffic and generate email lists with ease so social is mobile friendly and complies with facebook terms of service let so social give your facebook page some flash today zoom over to zosocial.com Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm.
let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. All right, we're back. It's time for our last segment this week here. Originally recorded the 11th of April, 2017. This is Chris Boggs with Frank Watson. You're still on SEO Rockstars, so thanks for staying with us. Here's our next uh, Jeopardy question of the day, Frank. Who was the first real kind of, uh, I guess you could say, had a, had a good amount of users that were using voice search? Which of the search engines? Microsoft. You had that uh, woman that uh, would talk to you. Ah, but you're Miss forgetting Dewey. Baidu. <laughs> oh, really? So okay. in our next article here, we have a pretty cool couple bits of information, including that chart from Clark Boyd at Search Engine Watch. Ubiquitous and seamless, the future of voice search uh, from April 6, 2017. So, yeah, there's a pretty cool little background where they show this uh, sort of growth of where it was. And in September of 2014, Baidu had one in 10 queries came coming through speech. In June of 2015, Siri handled more than 1 billion requests per week through speech. So Siri probably was around a little bit before Baidu, but you know the, the points that were chosen within this thing in terms of the big aha uh -huh points, um, you know, one in 10 um, from Baidu by the 14th, uh, September of 14, I, did, I didn't know that, right? 25% uh, of searches in May of 2016 were done in Bing uh, using the Windows 10 taskbar uh, with were voice searches. And Android, uh, May of 2016, one in five uh, searches on mobile apps are voice searches. And 2020, what's the uh, prediction there in Baidu, uh, according to the chief scientist of Baidu? Over 25%. In five years, at least 50% of all searches are going to be either through images or speech. Images is an interesting one, too. Yeah. So the collective might of Google, Amazon, Baidu, Microsoft, and Facebook, these are going to lead the charge of voice search, Frank. Yeah, no. And I mean, it. I'm surprised that the number isn't larger even now because, I mean, you've got certain countries like China, et cetera, so for Baidu, uh, the vast majority of people engage with the web through their mobile devices. They don't have laptops. So it's all about the smartphone being the all-encompassing tool. So, and you know, having spent some time with my sister and brother-in-law, they are perennially uh, either talking to OK Google or Hello Siri and asking questions about stuff that they're reading or stuff that they're seeing on television, you know, just to, to get quick facts. So it is, it is the way that's going, and it's we've been mentioning it for quite some time that you want to keep on top of, you know, in front of what's going on and best practices. And there are some articles out there that we've uh, linked to on, on past podcasts. So you definitely, uh, voice is the way. It's, you know, we prefer it. Now that, you know, we can use it more effectively back in compared to the old dragon speech days, it's yep. you know, coming along. And I think, you know, there's another good connection point made towards the end of this article to augmented reality and the idea that, you know, the more that you want to buy and do through voice search and online, uh, the more it's going to be uh, behoove the marketers to create ways for them, for you to see their stuff in your living room or in your kitchen or in your bedroom, right? And you take a picture on your phone and they can superimpose it. Um, so cool stuff. Good article. Um, we don't have too much time left, so let's keep moving along. We got uh, an interesting one, actually. Um, 
from uh, this is one of these kind of quick hits that Barry Schwartz does at Search Engine Roundtable based on tweets and, and, and comments from Gary Elish and, and uh, John Mueller over Google. Bounce rate is not a good ranking signal. So Gary's tweet was simply bounce rate is not a good signal. Uh, if you go look at the tweet, um, you'll see it's an interesting conversation um, in terms of uh, what, you know, people think. But, I mean, the bottom line is that, uh, you know, there's some good arguments, I think, in this Twitter thread around why bounce rate should be important. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the whole point. It, it It's very gameable. You know, you literally, it's almost like the old days with paid search where, you pause your account and just do a massive number of searches that you don't click on any of the paid ads. Their click-through rate and quality score go down. Yours was paused and didn't come under the gun. It's the same sort of thing that can be done, you know, with uh, with impacting the bounce rate of uh, your competitors. You know, you can do searches, click on your own site or, or other ones that you're not direct competitors with, and they and stay there, click to another page, whereas you click on one of your competitors and you're back in two seconds, you you know, if that information's being used, that's a definite way that negative... Yeah, and that's, I agreed, and that's why it made sense, right? But then if you go look in the, the Twitter replies here, um, you know, someone says, does bounce rate and website type or niche have any relationship? Uh, uh, and that then Gary Illich answers, sure, an article will have a different bounce rate than a shopping cart. You have to learn what a good bounce rate is for you. So if he just said you have to learn what a good bounce rate is for you, I, you know, it's not kind of counterintuitive to the original tweet that says that, you know, uh, that yeah. it's not a ranking signal. If you, if you're, if you're changing the user experience based on the, the bounce rate that you see, in your results, then, you know, what do you do? Uh, you know, is what the changes that you make actually improving the bounce rate or improving the engagement rate? Yeah, uh, that it's a fine line, and I'm sure that uh, the talking heads over at Google have no problems giving us a certain amount of misinformation to try and get people not to do what they think can be done. Yep. Yep. And that's, you know, that's part of the point too, obviously is it really does. And, and in a way then it makes, um, you know, the tweet accurate is that um, it's not a good signal because yeah. it, it, there's, it's too, it's not a good signal just in general because it's, it's uh, not as I think, uh, well, you know, you could argue that any KPI really that we're measuring could be good or bad, right? Like click-through rate, for example. Um, maybe if I'm, you know, uh, selling a very high-value item and it's dangerous for me to, uh, in paid search, get too many clicks, uh, you know, click-through rate could be a bad thing, right? Or, um, you know, in organic search, typically, uh, there's I've argued that click-through rate is a good thing, and certainly the data search uh, seems to show it, right? Uh, but bounce rate is the same thing, right? A bounce rate, too, we've talked about before, is that not all bounces are bad, and that some bounces uh, mean that uh, the person came and they got the information they wanted, and then they moved along uh, and, and, and went to do something else, right? So... Um, anywho, uh, let's take one last topic here for the day, also from Barry Schwartz over at the Roundtable, also from April 7th. Uh, busy day as usual for Barry. 
why we don't disclose most Google updates and algorithm changes, according to Google? The short answer is, Frank. Because they don't want people to, to gain the system with the information. Uh, no, I mean, no, no, that's not what he wrote. <laughs> no, but that's my, that's me. You're asking me. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And, and, you know, it's an easy answer to say we do 100 changes per year and it isn't useful. But if they were a little bit too forthcoming, given the types of tools that we have now supporting the SEO industry and the collective uh, folksonomy that exists in terms of strategic uh, understanding uh, that exists uh, across different SEOs and groups of SEOs and, and communities and so forth. It would not make sense for Google to be extremely forthcoming about every algorithm update because it'd be very easy to then much more quickly uh, collectively figure out what they did and, yeah, and potentially. But I mean, they tell us, you know, with the panda and the penguin and the Fred and uh, Wilmer and every other thing that they're calling them. Yeah, you know, I mean, they tell us the major ones and what they're about. So, you know, yep. it's mobile friendly. Good example. Yeah. Hey, exactly. speaking of the major ones, and we are running over time here. It's 444. Uh, started at 404. So now we are going to not be found. And uh, we thank all of uh, you for listening, uh, whether it be on podcast or live or uh, please do check us out on Facebook and Twitter, uh, SEO Rockstars. Frank, have a wonderful week. And rock you too, on and uh, I hope people find uh, their Easter eggs and everything else with the holiday coming up. Enjoy Passover. Very big holiday week for every. That's right. Big holiday week. Enjoy it all. Rock on. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 